Welcome to Lavender Dahlia. I'm Jennifer Osler Bolton, and together we are going to enjoy the freedom of exploring who God created us to be by lifting the veil off of our hearts and bringing to light the authenticity that we've been hiding in the dark. I am so happy that you're here. So let's talk. Welcome back. This is the 10th episode of Lavender Dahlia, and it feels like such a milestone. Thank you for being part of living this out with me. You have been right there with me as I have tried to learn the ropes of podcasting and sharing my vulnerability with you each week. Thank you for being everything that the Dahlia represents. I am so grateful. So next week will be a small hiatus from the podcast. I've decided to create a pattern of publishing 10 episodes and then take a week off. I want to do this to ensure that I allow myself time to fully refresh with God and revisit his plans for the podcast. Over the last several weeks, I've been reading Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro, and I've been reading it with my church, and we've been working hard to allow ourselves the pauses throughout our daily routine to connect with God, but also allowing ourselves to be more intentional on periods of rest and refreshment. Sabbath is not a new term to me by any means, but the concept of putting it into practice is very new to me. Right now, Sabbath looks like a couple of hours on a Wednesday to watch a movie, read a lighthearted book, lose myself in watching the leaves on trees, taking a nap, or doing anything that makes me happy and allows me to enjoy living in, as well as being, God's creation. Most people consider Sundays to be their Sabbath day. Church in the morning, naps in the afternoon, and that is fantastic. The day of the week you choose to enjoy being still, doing the things that make you happy, and being present in God's creation is completely individual. That being said, I will take a week after 10 episodes to refresh my heart, my thoughts, and my ideas, and to make sure that I connect with God to stay in line with His will, His desires, and His plan for Lavender Dahlia because after all, this was his plan. So after this episode, it'll be a couple weeks until the next one, but that doesn't mean we're going to take this one lightly. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about disappointment, letdowns, setbacks, obstacles, the stumbling blocks that get in the way of our happiness, especially the ones we couldn't prevent and couldn't imagine, which by the way, is pretty much all of them. I don't know what you're going through, but I know it's tough. I don't know exactly what you're hoping for, but I know it feels hopeless. I don't know what you've been expecting, but I know it feels really unfair. And I don't know what you've been dreaming about, but I know it feels untouchable. None of us are immune to disappointment. So although I may not know exactly where you are right now, I know the disappointment of unkept promises, shattered dreams, and crushed hope. But I also know the redemption of our merciful God. All right, so I'll just say it. I love the story of Ruth in the Bible. We know I'm a huge Hallmark movie girl, so you know I love me a good love story. And the story of Ruth and Boaz is just that. However, their love story isn't the focus today. Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. I want to talk about her story. The book of Ruth is found in the Old Testament. Historically, it takes place sometime between 1160 and 1100 BC. 
It was during a period of really dark days with a lot of suffering because of the Israelites' rebellion and immorality at that time. And here's what happened. Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Long ago during the time the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man named Elimelech left the town of Bethlehem in Judah. He, his wife, and his two sons moved to the country of Moab. The man's wife was named Naomi. The family traveled to the hill country of Moab and stayed there. Later, Naomi's husband died, so only Naomi and her two sons were left. Her sons married women from the country of Moab. One wife's name was Orpah, and the other wife's name was Ruth. They lived in Moab about ten years. Then her sons also died. So Naomi was left alone without her husband or her two sons. My heart just goes out to Naomi. She was taken away from her home, moved to a foreign country with her husband and her two sons, and then she was widowed and left childless. Let's see what happens next. Ruth chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. While Naomi was in the country of Moab, she heard that the Lord had helped his people. He had given food to his people in Judah. Remember, Naomi was originally from Judah. So Naomi decided to leave Moab and go back home. Her daughters-in-law decided to go with her. They left the place where they had been living and started walking back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi told her daughters-in-law, Each of you should go back home to your mother. They were both originally from Moab, remember? You've been very kind to me and my sons who are now dead. So I pray that the Lord will be just as kind to you. I pray that the Lord will help each of you to find a husband and a good home. Naomi kissed her daughters-in-law, and they all started crying. Can you imagine this scene? The heartache must have been so deeply felt by the three of them. The two girls insisted on following Naomi, but she was more insistent that they stay behind. She told them that she was too old to remarry, and that even if she did remarry, she couldn't give them her sons, and she didn't want them to wait long to remarry. In verse 13, Naomi says, I cannot make you wait that long for husbands. That would make me very sad. And I am already sad enough. The Lord has done many things to me. Naomi couldn't see beyond her broken dreams and her heartache. She lost everything. She felt hopeless and defeated. Orpah decided to return home to Moab, but Ruth stayed with Naomi. And even though Ruth promised Naomi her unconditional love, friendship, and loyalty, it did not bring happiness to Naomi. Ruth chapter 1 verses 19 to 20 says, Naomi and Ruth traveled until they came to the town of Bethlehem. When the two women entered Bethlehem, all the people were very excited. They said, is this Naomi? But Naomi told the people, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Okay, pause. Why would she make this request to change her name? Well, the name Naomi means happy and the name Mara means bitter. Let's go back. Ruth chapter one, verses 20 to 22. Use this name because God all-powerful has made my life very sad. I had everything I wanted when I left, but now the Lord brings me home with nothing. The Lord has made me sad, so why should you call me happy? God all-powerful has given much trouble to me. Can you feel her broken heart, her loss of hope, 
Does it remind you of your own? Has God ever taken you to a place where the future looked promising, but then you returned empty-handed? For the sake of time and preservation of the love story between Ruth and Boaz, I'm going to paraphrase what happened next. So Naomi had a relative on her husband's side of the family, Boaz. And basically, Naomi was like, hey, girl, my daughter. So that guy you talked to the other day, I think you should go talk to him again. Okay, clearly, I'm not reading this from scripture, just paraphrasing, but that's basically what happened. (laughs) So what happened next? Well, I have said that God is romantic, haven't I? So it's a story you should take the time to read and study in depth because there are a lot of layers to the story of Ruth and Boaz. But spoiler warning ahead, Boaz and Ruth get married. And not only do they get married, they have a son. And not only do they have a son, Naomi now has a grandchild. And that child becomes the grandfather of King David. And from the lineage of King David comes Jesus, our Savior. Out of her pain, God was revealing his promise. Following the death of her husband and her sons, Naomi was emotionally and socially at the lowest of lows. Being widowed and childless, Naomi had nothing to offer and nothing to give. Family lineage was important at that time and she had none. Her situation appeared hopeless, and her heartache appeared endless. Naomi was so distraught that she couldn't bear the sound of her own name. She was like, call me bitter because that's what I am. I can totally relate. I don't think it's crazy of her to make that request at all. So my middle name is Joy. (laughs) Yep. Jennifer Joy. I love my middle name. However, when I miscarried my first pregnancy, Joy didn't exist. When Ryan and I almost lost our home, I was anything but joyful. When I was financially irresponsible, Joy felt fake. When Ryan's drinking was impacting our family, I was far from Joy. When we separated and faced divorce, Joy felt impossible. When he died, joy became a joke. Jennifer Joy, that didn't describe me at all. If I would have changed my name, it would have sounded something like Jennifer Sad, Jennifer Scared, Jennifer Embarrassed, Jennifer Bitter, Jennifer Angry, Jennifer Broken. I don't know at what point Naomi was no longer called Mara. Did she insist on returning to her original name? Or did people start calling her Naomi when they noticed a change in her demeanor? Was it a subtle return to Naomi? Or was it a declaration? However and whenever it happened, at some point, the meaning of her name felt appropriate again. I love the story of Ruth and Boaz. But ultimately, it's a tale of Naomi's redemption. It's a story of disappointment leading into destiny, a story of grief preceding glory, and a story of pain awaiting the promise. I don't know where you are in your story right now, but I do know this. If you are in the depths of heartache, your story is still being written. You may not be able to see it, but I can promise that God is working around you to show you the promise that awaits you. 
Naomi was so deep in her grief that she couldn't see the blessing of Ruth's love and devotion at the time when it was being offered to her. She couldn't see how God was using Ruth first to console her, then to care for her, and ultimately to restore her. When we are in the midst of our heartache, we can't see what's happening around us. But God is faithfully working to lift you from the depth of your pain and restore what once was broken. Naomi thought her future was over. She changed her name because the meaning felt like a mockery of her life. She could have never known that out of her misery would come the Messiah. Your story is still being written. And Naomi's story is proof that God can turn grief into glory. Don't change your name just yet. Let the author of life keep writing. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope you feel encouraged and are filled with courage to see yourself the way that God sees you. You are so many beautiful things. That's why there's a flower named after you. Make sure to subscribe to Lavender Dahlia for podcast updates and episodes and visit jenniferoslerbolton.com to join the Lavender Dahlia email list. Until next time, my heart is hugging yours. I'll see you soon.